0: proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies,
1: one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC.
0: You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon, The Ticket. It's time for the setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen.
2: All right, welcome in to a Friday, September 17th, 2021 edition of The Setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3, 96.9 FM, The Ticket, 970 AM, KNEA, 953theticket.com, and on the TuneIn app by searching for kda Find us on Twitter at 953theticket and on Facebook at facebook.com slash 953 theticket We have a loaded Friday show for you today. Uh, Coming up here in about five minutes or so, we're going to catch up uh, with uh, Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, uh, who is actually out in Seattle getting ready to cover A-State and Washington tomorrow afternoon. Uh, We'll get our chance to check in with Lane Whitman, the Railbird, as we always do on Fridays, coming up at 230 uh, we'll go over six things we want to see in this Washington game and then look at uh, the national college football slate along with some NFL talk to close out the program. So, busy day on the show, and we'll get right to it after Andrew has the headlines.
1: Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. We are one day away from game day for the Red Wolves football team. They traveled to Seattle, Washington to take on the Huskies. Kickoff is tomorrow at 3.15 p.m. on 107.9 K-Fine, with pregame coverage beginning at 1 p.m. A-State looks to take on its first victory over a Pac-12 team in program history. I did not know that. So if they get the win, that'll be the first time they've ever beat a Pac-12 team. Moving on to more A-State news, but in men's basketball, they unveiled their non-conference schedule for the upcoming season on Thursday. The slate features seven home games as well as a home tournament on Thanksgiving weekend. Season will tip off in Jonesboro against Harding on Tuesday, November 9th. Moving on to Razorback football. They continue non-conference play tomorrow against Georgia Southern. It will be the third of four straight home games for the number 20 team in the country, Arkansas. And their kickoff is at 3 p.m. They've been on a roll. I'm excited to see them. Yeah. Especially since they're ranked now and everything. But uh, moving on to the Cardinals. They host the San Diego Padres tonight for a big three-game series. The teams are separated by one loss in the NL Wild Card standings with the Cardinals ahead of the Padres. First pitches tonight at seven fifteen PM on ninety five nine. The Wolf. I mean, we've said it all week, but it's it's getting down to the wire. Teams yep. are one game apart. It's it's exciting. It is. So we'll see what happens in that series this weekend. It definitely. And this has been your headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire
2: Service. All right, thank you, Andrew. Um, he's gonna dial up Mitchell Gladstone here momentarily, and we'll. Have him join us on the phone lines. Before we get into that conversation, just kind of set the scene for this weekend. All across the EAB Sports Network, two high school games you can hear tonight. Nettleton takes on Pocahontas over on 94.1 Bob FM. Brooklyn hosts Rivercrest in what should be a great matchup over on 1017 uh, KISS FM. The Friday Night Lights scoreboard show with Will Oswald airs. Right here on the ticket tonight, 9.30, coming up on that Friday Night Lights scoreboard show tonight, uh, presented by Cavanaugh Auto Groups with Will Oswalt tonight. So, busy day of high school football coverage. And then tomorrow, Wolfhouse starts us off at 12.30 over on 107.9 K-Fine. Pre-game coverage begins from Washington At around 1 o'clock, and then kickoff is at 315 tomorrow for A-State and Washington over on 1079 K-Fine. So excited about that game tomorrow, and excited. There's only going to be a handful of A-State people in contingent this weekend in Seattle. One of those is Mitchell Gladstone, who joins us from the Pacific Northwest. Mitchell, how are you?
3: I'm doing well. It's... uh nice and gray and rainy just like it should be in seattle so i feel very welcomed here so just another normal day in seattle exactly i i said before i came out here that if it wasn't rainy and gray i was going to be disappointed and uh exactly what i've got today so i'm I'm very happy
2: well looking at the looking at the forecast looks like you're going to get a lot more of that tomorrow so uh and we'll we'll touch on the washington game and uh Touch on some of your coverage from out there. But first off, just want to kind of go back and look at the Memphis game before we uh, officially flip the page to tomorrow's game. Um, You know, a game that at halftime maybe in the third quarter maybe looked out of reach for A-State, but they claw back. It's 55-50 the final. Uh, Hail Mary falls incomplete uh, in the closing stages. What were your just kind of overall takeaways from that uh, Memphis game last weekend?
3: Yeah, you know it's it's funny. I think sometimes, especially as a writer, you know, you you almost get tied up in writing your story in the second half, and you miss the comeback. And uh, you know, all of a sudden, I sort of looked up, and it's a it's a one score game. So, uh, you know, just huge credit. You have to get a lot of credit to Arkansas State for clawing back into that game. Um, I don't know still what to think of the quarterback change. I mean, yeah. again, you know, it, it just it just sort of works and. You know, you ask Butch Jones for an explanation, he goes, it's a gut feel. And it really is, because there doesn't seem to be a reason why, um, you know, because both guys put up decent numbers in the first half of their respective games. Blackman was pretty decent numbers-wise. Lane Hatcher was pretty decent numbers-wise. last week against Memphis. And then all of a sudden you bring in the other guy, and they get the the game going. So I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, you know, Butch Jones has talked about it being a, a nerves thing. Maybe that's the case. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because you know just reading some stuff about Washington, they've had slow starts too. So you know, it really feels like this is going to be one of those you know something's got to give games. I mean, they've had nerves issues. Yeah. Um, they've had a really good defense and a miserable offense. Arkansas State has had <laughs> a really good offense and a miserable defense thus far. So yeah, when you, when you say something's got to give, I really think something's got to give tomorrow.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about the passing game and just kind of the the weird dynamic, and, you know, it's... A-State fans haven't seen a true one-quarterback system since 2019, but it also has kind of worked. I mean, A-State's top five, top 10, top 15 in a lot of offensive and passing categories, so you kind of step back and look at the numbers, and it's like, you know, this kind of works.
3: I mean, there's just... I think it's a credit to... The guys they have in the passing I mean, especially you look at this year. I mean, I, I, again, I you know I wasn't obviously there last year and the year before that, but you just look at this receiver group. And I, I wrote about it earlier this week. You know, you've got Jeff Foreman, you've got Corey Rucker, you've got T Hunt. Um, you know, there's guys coming up. I mean, Adam Jones, Butch's son, caught yeah. his, first, his, it was his first college touchdown after he played a year at I believe Central Michigan, where Butch uh, played his college days, and he never caught it. He didn't even. I think he had one pass caught. In like a year at such, and now he's got two games. He's got three catches and a touchdown. So yeah. he's a guy. You know, there's just so much depth there. And then you saw Emmanuel Stevenson get involved at tight end. Um, you know, I, I think they want to use Reed Tyler, but they also just want to throw the ball. So you know, if you've got Stevenson, I think Saydu Triori got some snaps. There's just so many guys who can catch the ball, and it's gonna it's gonna make them dynamic regardless of who's. Quarterback,
2: you know, when you look at Washington, and I don't know how much stock you can put into it because Montana and Michigan, frankly, didn't throw a whole lot on Washington, but statistically, they have a very good pass defense. Now, last week they gave up 350 rushing yards to Michigan, so you would think the rush defense is not as good. And this is an A-State team that kind of struggled to establish the run last weekend. So how important do you think it's going to be for A-State to really establish a run game tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I'm trying to not even consider too much about those first Washington games I mean, the exact thing about it, right? The first game, every, it was sort of just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. They had three touchdowns – or sorry, three turnovers yeah. and one touchdown. They have two offensive touchdowns on the year – And I just don't think those first two games are really representative of what they are. Now, they may not be the class of the Pac-12 like they were predicted at the beginning of the season. Like, that is very likely a possibility. But the idea that they are just a mediocre team, I think I saw Chris Benigni for the Athletics does a a full ranking of the top 130. I think he had them down at 87. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I just don't think that's representative either. So... I don't think we really know too much about Washington, um, but Jimmy Lake, who's their head coach and took over for Chris Peterson at the start of last season, he's a defensive guy. He's coached in the NFL with several different teams. He then went and was you know, at Boise State for two years with Chris Peterson, came over to Washington and has been there for six years in a couple different roles, including the defensive coordinator, and now he's the head coach. So it's going to start on defense for them. They're going to be stout. Um, I don't think last week I said it was representative, so I think they're gonna um, really crank it up, especially at home. And the question is how does you know, an Arkansas State offense that I think I mean, look, the pace has is, is intimidating for any team. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Lake talked about it earlier this week, being something that they haven't faced. So yeah the pace is I think you're gonna see Arkansas State keep pushing the tempo, trying to take advantage of that. We'll see if it works, but I, I I'm I'm very confident that you're gonna see them just, you know, go and run and gun like they've done the last two weeks. On the
2: A State side defensively, uh, you know, fifty five points last week and it's kinda of funny. You go back and look and still had six tackles for loss, still had four sacks, still got pressure up front like we saw in the UCA game, but just so many kind of busted plays for Memphis. I mean it was 55, 70, 40, 75, 50, 75-yard 75 touchdowns for Memphis, and it kind of seemed like that was where Memphis made their play, was on, made their move, was on these big busted plays, just what were your overall kind of takeaways from the A-State defense last week?
3: So, I look at it a couple ways. The First off is Memphis, that's their offense. They're, they want to run and gun just as much as Arkansas State does, so you take that, you know, it's a small, you know, it's a, it's a one-game sample size and we're two games the season, so you look at that as one of two games and that's going to really inflate the numbers. Um, you know, if you look at the pro football focus numbers, I think they had Arkansas State still in the top, like, 50 of defenses. Wow. Um, and, so, and so, you know, I don't know whether that's because they had a lot of good plays and just a handful of really bad plays. I mean, that might be it. But the idea that, you know, the defense is – just as bad as last year, I don't buy. Now I don't know how much better it is. And granted, it, you know, it, it would take a lot, you know, or it would take very little, I should say, to get better than where it was last year. So yeah, I think yeah. I think it's better than last year. Um, but you've played you've you've played an F, FCS team, a good FCS team, no less, but an FCS team, and you've played a, a Memphis team that wants to th- really run and gun. Now you've got a a very good FBS team, a Pac-12 team, but one that is definitely stronger on defense than offense. Yeah. So I think we're going to get a good sense of, like, where does this Arkansas State defense stand? Um, like you said, you know, they're going to get the pass rush up front. Um, I mean, you can't say enough about how impressive uh, JoJo Ozugu and uh, Kevon Bennett have been. I mean, they're, yeah. just, they're really high, both really high-level players. And they've got, you know, good depth there. You see them rotating a lot of guys up front. I think that's going to be the hallmark. The question is, can they, you know, defend on the back end? It was a question last year. It's a question this year. And until they show otherwise, you know, it's going to remain a question.
2: Talking with Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, beat reporter for A-State. Just a couple of things uh, before we let you go. You know, you kind of mentioned the – you know, the Washington defense a little bit, but what are your kind of overall takeaways on what you've seen from Washington, both kind of offensively and defensively leading into this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think they're, they're you know, like I said, they're a really good team. Um, I mean, they, They've had success. They're a good program, but they obviously haven't produced. So, you know, I think this is just going to be one of those games where they have to, you know, step up. I mean, they're they're coming back home. They're hungry. It's, it's kind of kind of. If you look at the schedule, it's kind of funny because Tulsa lost its first home game, and they had two they had two road games. So you know, when Arkansas mm-hmm. State goes there, they're going to play another team that has you know laid, basically laid an egg in its first home game, and then it's probably going to be zero and three at that point because Tulsa plays. I believe they play Ohio State this weekend. Yeah. So you know, you've got a a, a Washington team that's zero and two late in that I get its first home game. You've got a Tulsa team that's zero and three. late in that I get its first game. Both those teams are going to be really hungry, really desperate for a win. Um, and so the question is, can Arkansas State go in there and get get a road win? Um, something they haven't done this year. They haven't had to play a road game, yeah. so you know it's going to be a whole new set of you know set of environment. Um, you know making the road trip, I'm actually doing a story uh, in the process of it right now. It'll be up tomorrow on you know what it takes to come 2,200 miles west. And so, you know, the idea of going through that, um, the something that this team hasn't had to go through ever, but not this season at all on the road. And yeah. So, you know, I think just being able to handle that is, you know, they talked about being nervous early on, so let's see how Arkansas State comes out and handles the first quarter, the first series on the road.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the it's one of the longer road trips probably in program history. Definitely the longest since uh, 2014 in Oregon, so it'll be uh, yeah. interesting uh, for sure to see how that plays out. Outside of that story, uh, Mitchell, what can our uh, listeners uh, expect to find in terms of A-State coverage this weekend over at the Democrat Gazette?
3: Yeah, so we got a uh, profile up of Blake Ruby. We got to talk to him earlier this week about um, you know, he's closed in on several records, including the uh, Arkansas State career points record. He believe he's 32 points away um, from being the all-time leading scorer in program history. Wow. Um, he's had a chance to break the single season record for points, uh, field goals and extra points. He's, I mean, obviously through two games, so take it take it with what you will, but he's on pace right now to break all three of those single season records as well, um, and He's got a chance to also you know, go into Sundell record books with the career points there. So he's done a, a lot in, I think, 37 games thus far. And um, mm-hmm. he's had to win the job twice. So, uh, really cool story there. I got to talk to him, got to talk to his kicking coach and his father, who was also a college kicker. Um, so, pretty cool little history with them and kicking. Um, we'll also have uh, my story about the logistics of getting out to Seattle. That'll be up tomorrow morning, and then, uh, as usual, we'll be covering the game, um, full coverage with uh, two stories the next couple of days. And uh, I'm just really excited to see Husky Stadium. It's my first time out of the Pacific Northwest, so yeah. uh, I'm going to try to take it in and enjoy the next couple of days. And, uh, yeah, just watch some football in there as well.
2: Well, Mitchell, have fun. Go visit the Space Needle for us.
3: I will uh, do my best. <laughs>
2: All right, sounds good. Appreciate the time as always, and we'll catch up next week.
3: Thanks so much. Appreciate having me on.
2: All right, that's Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the A-State reporter for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, live on location from Seattle, Washington, where A-State will tangle with the Huskies tomorrow afternoon at 315 over on 107.9 K-5. If you missed any of that conversation, it'll be up following the show, ninety five three or soundcloud.com slash 95.3, the ticket. We'll come back. We'll have our six things we want to see out of A-State, and we're about 12 minutes away from being joined by the Railbird after this on The Ticket.
0: We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket.
4: Flagman, flushed out, rolls right, throws for the
0: end zone. This is caught. Corey Rucker. Keeping his feet inbounds in the back corner of the end zone.
5: Butch Jones and the Red Wolves hit the road for
2: the first time Saturday as they head to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Washington Huskies. And you can hear it all on your home for A-State Football, 1079-K-5. Coverage begins at 1220 with Wolfhouse, presented by Baird Auto Group. Then from Seattle, it's the Mid South Ford Dealers Tailgate Show at one, the
5: Centennial Bank pregame at two, and kickoff at 315. East Day football is sponsored
2: in part by Central Baptist Church, 1812 Pizza, First Financial Mortgage, Tedder Equipment, Blue Cross Blue Shield agent Woody Harrelson, The Old Country Store, Purcell Tire and Service Center, Glen Sane Motors, Tommy's Express Car Wash, Farmers and Merchants Bank, and NEA Baptist.
6: It's almost here. The NEA District Fair. Same place, same great fun. Now with extended days for even more fun. The carnival kicks off Thursday, September the 23rd and runs through Saturday. Then picks up again on Monday, the 27th, for a full week of everything fair. We've got a new carnival company, new rides, and a new carnival layout. Armbands are sold daily, with the exception of Tuesday. Get armbands Monday through Thursday for $20, Friday and Saturday for $25. Single ride tickets will still be available. On the 28th, it's a two for Tuesday. All admissions are just two bucks. All rides are two bucks, and even certain food items and game specials on the Midway are two bucks. Thursday is senior day. Anyone over 65 gets in free from 1 to 6. Gates open at 4 for the Midway, Monday through Friday, and at noon on Saturday. Gate admission is only $6 for adults, $3 for kids Monday through Friday, and $6 gate admission fee for everyone on Saturday. And kids 12 and under are admitted free on Friday, October the 1st, from 1 to 6. The NEA District Fair, September 23rd through October 2nd. We'll see you at the fair.
5: First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas is striving to make life easier for all their banking customers by introducing a brand new way to control your Visa debit card. With the MyCard rules mobile app you can turn your debit card on or off with the push of a button set limits on spending and transaction types see recent transactions customize alerts and so much more existing customers can download the free my card rules app today and the apple app or google play store we're giving you the power to take control of your card at first national bank of eastern arkansas member fdic there's a new elite dog grooming salon in Jonesboro. High Standards Grooming is different from the rest. High Standards Grooming offers a completely cage-free environment with a positive force-free and muzzle-free grooming experience for your furry family member. Let Mallory Garrison and her staff treat your dog like their own at High Standards Grooming, right by Sage Meadows on County Road 712 inside Central Bark. Find them on Facebook at High Standards Jonesboro or call them for an appointment today: 501-547-4613. Experience the difference of High Standards Grooming.
0: We we're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All
2: right, welcome back here on the ticket. Cade Carlson, Andrew Bowen here with you for about 40 more minutes or so on a Friday afternoon setup. We're about 10 minutes away from being joined by our friend, the Railbird Lang Whitman, looking at some college football lines, some NFL lines, his money play line in college football this weekend. So excited for that conversation, but since we were just on the A-State topic with Mitchell Gladstone, let's go over our six things against, want to see, out of A-State against Washington. Coming up tomorrow afternoon, 3-15. Let's do it. From Husky Stadium in Seattle. All right, number one. Offense doesn't wait until the second half to get going. Yeah. 60 of A-State's 90 points have come in the second half of play so far this season. A-State also had just 283 total yards of offense in the first half against Memphis. And they finished the game with 680. Meaning... Nearly 400 yards of offense came in the second half of play, 397 to be exact. So, A-State has to come out and establish themselves early, not get into three and out punting situations, and not stall out when you when you get inside the 30, 20-yard line down on the opponent's side of the field. Have to come out firing early. 100%. I mean,
1: this is, this is a higher-up program you're playing, despite how bad of a year they're having you got
2: to come out the gate swinging. You're the underdog in this situation. Yeah. The other thing, no big place. Washington has not, Washington has not done much offensively this year. In fact, they've only scored 17 points. They they haven't done a whole lot offensively. A lot of their offensive drives are them getting behind the chains and then not being able to recover. Mm-hmm. But It's not like the cupboard is bare. They have a lot of talent offensively, and I think the general consensus with this team is it's just a matter of time before they click. You don't think a couple of big plays and them starting to get confidence makes them click, you have to limit big plays. 100%. Um, Last week, we mentioned it with Mitchell, last week Memphis busted out big plays of 55, 70, 40, 75, 50, and 75 yards for touchdowns. You're not winning the game if Washington has, has any Type of success like that on big plays tomorrow. Yeah, you can't rely on your offense to fire back.
1: I mean, because yeah. you have a bad day on offense, you're in a two touchdown hole, and you can't get out of it.
2: Offensively, just one quarterback. Because if we just if we see just one quarterback tomorrow, most likely that means that the offense is clicking early on with whoever starts. Now, right. obviously, there's a situation where like a helmet comes off or something like that, but like I don't even want that. I just <laughs> I want to see one quarterback the whole game and see what it looks like because I mean let's be honest we haven't seen just a one quarterback game at a state since 2019 when Logan Bonner started the first four games and he was the starter the entire way and then Lane Hatcher came on and started the entire way the rest of the season there was no rotation no nothing we haven't seen that since 2019 really in a game that matters I mean I think Hatcher was the only one that played in ULM last year But at that point, the season was over. It didn't really matter. Like We haven't truly seen it since 2019. So, I just want to see one quarterback because that means the offense is clicking and moving tomorrow. Um, Continued good special teams play tomorrow. Kickoffs have been really good so far. Haven't given up field position with squibs or pooches or onsides or whatever. Blake Groupie was automatic on PATs and field goals last week and... While I don't want A-State getting down inside the 30, 25, 20-yard line and settling for field goals, inevitably that's going to happen on a few drives. So have to be good on field goals. Have to be good on PATs and mistake-free in special teams. I forgot to mention it for the
1: Memphis game. We were uh, covering it earlier this week. But um, the A-State's kick return team was great in that game. Yeah, They were consistently hitting the 30-yard mark, and it was fantastic. So as long as they keep that up against this Washington team, they're golden.
2: Inevitably, tomorrow, with the rain, it's going to be cold, 60 degrees, it's going to be raining the whole game. Inevitably, somebody, probably both teams are going to turn the ball over, but don't let Washington force their first turnover. Maybe that's too much to ask, but Washington has not forced a turnover defensively all year long. A-State played a mistake-free game last week against Memphis in terms of turnovers, and even though Washington's 0-2, even though it's going to be raining, don't kid yourselves and think that that's not going to be a good environment and not going to be a close-to-packed stadium. You're already having to go out west and deal with conditions you haven't dealt with all year, deal with your first road game, whatever. Don't let Washington force their turnover first turnover of the year because all that's going to do defensively is give them confidence, and you don't want that. So sixth thing is – we talked about how disappointed we are with the crowds. UCA and Memphis both weren't great. Let's just be honest. They were both pretty terrible crowds. Yeah, they crowds. were disappointing, I, to put it nicely. My my question is, like, win this game. And if you win this game, how much does that help attendance for the midweek games? It because should help it a lot. It should, because your first midweek game is against Coastal on October 7th, 8th, whatever it is. I think the 7th, that Thursday. So you go on the road, you beat Washington, a Pac-12 team, and then let's say you handle business against Tulsa next week and you're 3-1 and one in non-conference play. Why would anybody not come to the next home game for A-State? So I think, sense, yeah. I think winning this game, and it's – Washington has not been good offensively. It's not like this is just some crazy like, oh, we're going to go beat Bama. Like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's not crazy to say you could go beat – Washington, You just have to play mistake-free football and not allow them to have big plays and get their confidence going offensively. 100%. So, I completely agree. There's that. All right, we'll chat with Lane Whitman, the railroad. We'll talk about that A-State-Washington game, but we're also going to have our first chance to kind of dive in on some national fo- college football talk and NFL talk after this timeout. Here on The Ticket.
0: Care is icing down, Bobo's in the pen. But
2: Kate and Andrew are dealing.
0: The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. Hey, Red Wolves fans,
4: D&D Advertising has the new 2021 football schedule's ready, and you can pick them up at these fine business locations. Ms. Pip Spa, Boyle Property Inspections, First Choice Home Care, Whitehurst Heating and Air LLC, Metals Construction, Pocahontas Auto Body, J&K Lawn and Tree Service, Superior Termite and Pest Control, Wind Lake Furniture and Appliance, Collins Services, Southern Roofing and Renovations, Speaks Electric, Anderson LED Signs, Kaya's Tent Rentals, Green Spray Foam Insulation, Clark's Tutoring, Our Pets Animal Hospital, Beyond Therapy Counseling for All Ages, Monette, Well & Pump, and Intersect 311 Apartments. Please patronize these fine businesses as they are an asset to the community. D&D Advertising Enterprises is not licensed, affiliated with, or endorsed by any university, sports institution, or program unless specifically stated in writing. No proceeds from any of the funds collected for your ad will be given to any educational institution or sports team. We are not responsible for any schedule changes made after printing.
5: Express Employment Professionals is hiring right now near you. Express and Stuttgart is now hiring for seasonal positions at Riceland that could transition into a long-term and lucrative career in the rice industry, a business vital to this area. These jobs are also a great opportunity to earn extra money with substantial overtime. Now is the time to join Riceland in Lono, Hazen, Desark, Holly Grove, Fair Oaks, Hickory Ridge, Parkin, Wheatley, or Stuttgart. Seasonal positions include Harvest Labor, Dump operators, sample house workers, and appraisal. There's never a fee to apply with Express, and they offer free direct deposit or prepaid debit cards. Stop the job shuffle. Apply for the seasonal positions now available with Riceland, and you could transition into a continuing and rewarding career. Call 870-672-4568 to schedule an appointment to apply in person at Express Employment in Stuttgart, or begin your application online at expresspros.com. That's expresspros.com or 870-672-4568. Stand out on game day with Unique Ink, we have the latest designs of A-State tees and hats you will want to wear. From the Pines to Tent City, your Unique Ink Scarlet and Black will be howling perfect. You'll be able to take the heat now and then pair that tee with a cardigan or vest later this season. One thing is for sure, Unique Ink has A-State apparel for the win. I'm Whitney with Unique Ink. You imagine, we create. Unique Ink at 1320 Red Wolf Boulevard or call 203-9885. Unique Ink. Hey guys, it's Alicia Bellotto and it's that time again. I'm here to invite you, Arkansas State Red Wolf fans, the fourth annual. Boots and Ballers for A-State men's basketball team. Thursday, September 30th at 7 p.m. at First National Bank Arena. Doors open at 6. Wear your best boots to meet A-State's ballers and coaching staff while you enjoy food, drinks, laughs, and music from DJ King Vic and plenty of fun, including great live and silent auction items. Boots and Ballers is September 30th at First National Bank Arena. Tickets are $60 with premium tables available. Get yours by calling the Red Bull Foundation, 870-972-2401.
0: It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the Ticket.
2: All right, welcome back here on the ticket. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on a Friday edition of the setup on 95.3 FM, 96.9 FM. 970 AM KNEA, and we are halfway home on a Friday edition of the show, which means it's time to go to the phone lines and catch up with our gambling expert, Lang Whitman. The Railbird is with us. Lang. how are you?
7: I'm doing good on this Friday. How about you guys?
2: Ah, Doing good. We have football this weekend, so not a lot of complaining to do.
7: We're not going to be complaining for quite a while then. Yeah, not not
2: not not till December, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's dive into it. Uh, we'll start first in the college football slate and kind of work our way down to the NFL. Uh, you have a money play game that we'll get into as well. So uh, we'll keep it local first and then kind of branch out to the national college football games. A-State is on the road tomorrow at 315 against Washington up in Seattle. Washington is getting 17 points in this game. Are you uh, are you rolling with the Huskies or are you going with A-State?
7: I think what the Huskies came into this season as, as some folks' dark horse pick to get to the Pac 12 championship game, and boy, they've fallen flat on their face, yeah. scoring a, a total of 17 points in the first two games. Uh, there's just no way that I can take Washington, a, a team that was favored by 22 in its opening game and lost, uh, a team that was getting six points last week and lost by 21. I, I, I can't take them. To beat anybody right now by seventeen, maybe they will, and I'll tip my hat. But I gotta go with with the one unit that I have faith in in this game, and that's the Arkansas State offense to score some points and at a minimum keep it within seventeen.
2: Wow! So they're zero and two against the spread this year. That's yeah, and
7: that hasn't even been close. I mean, yeah. Arkansas State's. You know, some people they're one zero and one. For me, they're two and zero because I had five and a half last week, so the half came into play. So uh, I'm just going to ride with them one more time, and we'll, we'll see if the offense can put some points up. There. Over and under this game is at fifty eight, which is a little curious to me. Yeah, uh, looking at how Washington has had an inability to score.
2: Yeah, under maybe a play too in that one. Uh, Arkansas and Georgia Southern, uh, what seems to be a classic trap game. Uh, for Arkansas, sandwiched in between a big win at Texas and then a big game next weekend against Texas A&M. Hogs are a 24-point favorite. Do you have enough faith in Arkansas in this one to lay those 24? I
7: mean, all the coaches and all the players that you hear from, they're all saying the right things. That you know, We're not overlooking them. Uh, we practiced against their scheme two or three times during the fall camp. Uh, but... But are they really not looking ahead to Texas a I mean, were they really, you know, not celebrating that big Texas win? You know, a day or two afterwards. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in the practices. I don't know. But I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia Southern into 24 points here. Uh, the back door might be open. I can see Arkansas having a lead of maybe 38 to 10 and giving up a late score, make it 38 to 17, and Georgia Southern gets the cover. Uh, I mean, if Arkansas wins by 40, that's not going to surprise me, but but they they just they have got to do that and they got to show me that that they can have a big win like they had have a big game on deck and still come through in the sandwich game.
2: Yeah. And that's a that's a big line too regardless of a trap game scenario. It's a pretty big line at 24, so uh the next game, Bama and Florida. So Bama's a 14 and a half point favorite. Interesting stat that came out today. Nick Saban has won 31 consecutive games against the SEC East. He has not lost since 2010 to the SEC East. So are you taking Bama on the points?
7: I am taking Bama, and I am laying the 14-and-a-half. I mean, the recipe <laughs> to beat Bama is you've got to have a quarterback who's a true dual threat. I mean, Jones and Richardson, the two quarterbacks that Florida has played this year, have both shown they can run, but, but can they pass? Yeah. Jones has four interceptions in two games. Richardson just comes in and kind of mop-up duty and then just runs the ball, and he's a freshman. So I I know it's Bryce Young's first start uh, for Alabama on the road, but that's not a reason for me to not take Alabama. I think that... The Bama defense will control this game, and uh, I mean, if if you can get a bet down on Alabama first half, I know that's tough to get down for for a lot of folks, but uh, they're favored by eight points in the first half, and, and they have a track record the last two or three years of just getting to big leads, and, and yeah. Alabama first half has been a winner for for the last twenty thirty games.
2: Wow, that seems like a low first half number for Bama. Vegas I know, must it, have it a sure li- Vegas must have a lot more confidence in Florida than I do. So.
7: uh <laughs> Sticking yeah, that's one where Florida's just going have, to have to show me that they, they can play them close. Yeah. I mean Because I'll be floored if Florida wins.
2: Yeah, I will be too. Uh, sticking with the SEC, um, I think the most interesting game of the day involving an SEC team is Penn State hosting Auburn. Auburn's scored a lot of points in their first two games, but really and truthfully, they had played nobody, so... It's Auburn's first big test on the road against nationally ranked Penn State at a wide out. Penn State is a five-point favorite. Uh, do you have confidence in Auburn, or are you going with uh, the Nittany Lions?
7: Bo Nix at, at home is good. Bo Nix on the road is bad. That's what's happened is his two years of being the quarterback there at Auburn, and I'm just going to stick with that scenario until he proves me wrong. I, I like Penn State minus the five points. Uh you know, the line has moved somewhat toward Auburn with money coming in on Auburn, and I'm just going to ignore that. Uh, the Tigers, like as you said, faced two bad teams. You, me, Andrew, and eight other people could have played Auburn stuff <laughs> as, as Akron and Alabama <laughs> State did. So, I mean, the, the Nittany Lions, meanwhile, went on the road and beat a good Wisconsin team, and the last week at home throttled what I think is a pretty decent Ball State team by 31 points as a 22-point favorite. So... Uh, the level of competition between these two teams is night and day. I'm going to take the home team, hundred thousand fans there, and the whiteout like you mentioned.
2: Another game uh, tomorrow. It's it's at eleven o'clock. And honestly, about three weeks ago, uh, this game was a whole lot more interesting than I guess it. I guess it is now. Uh, Indiana and Cincinnati. Obviously, Indiana with some big expectations, and then they got beat thirty-four to six to Iowa in week one. Cincinnati with a a struggle win against Murray State, a game that was tied at the half last week. Cincinnati is a four-point favorite. Uh, Who do you like in this one?
7: I'm going to think that Cincinnati was looking ahead to this big road test. Uh, This week against Indiana – and in 2 weeks at Notre Dame, the two games that they have to win yeah. if they want to, you know, solidify any chance whatsoever of making the 14 playoff at the end of the year. I mean, this game is there's two teams that are trying to prove a lot. Indiana's trying to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. I kind of think it was a fluke. And Indiana's also the the last 41 games against top 5 teams they're 1 and 40. That goes back to the 80s. Now, now, wow. now they are not playing, you know, the, the usual Michigan or Ohio State, who, who yeah. I would guess that most of those 41 games were against. But still, 1-40. in 40. I mean, Cincinnati is trying to show that they are a legit top-five team, a team that played Georgia great in a bowl last year, and, you know, trying to build on that as they're going. They haven't really played a, a full game yet. I mean, Miami, Ohio, they did kind of cruise to a 30 five-point win. Last week, like I said, it was tied at seven at halftime, but they outscored Murray State 35 nothing in the second half. i like for them to come out and play this Indiana team. Even though it's on the road and Indiana's got a sellout, I like the Bearcats here laying in the four. All
2: right, we have a money play in college football. We'll come back to that one and close it out last and kind of shift to the NFL here as we're talking with Lane Whitman, the Railbird. Here on the Raider Communications Hotline, uh, the big game on Sunday in the NFL is Chiefs Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs are four point favorites in this one. Uh, you go Mahomes or Lamar Jackson.
7: The Chiefs haven't covered very many games lately. I think if you look back to last year, I mean they covered maybe two of their last. Eight or ten games, they always have such high spreads and because everybody knows so much about their offense. Uh, the low line here, uh, I'm riding with the Chiefs. Uh, they, have, they have played well against the Ravens the last three years. Uh, they beat them three straight years, and this Ravens team is beat up right now. Uh, the Kansas City offense should expose a hurting Baltimore secondary. Uh, you know, they couldn't guard some of the Raiders. On Monday Night Football, in that loss, I know the Ravens kind of backs against the walls. You don't want to start zero two; it's so hard to make the playoffs once you do that in the NFL. But, but uh, there's so much, so many injuries. I mean, Baltimore's running game is a mess. Uh, I got to take the Chiefs right here.
2: This one was, I guess, originally the money play game we were going to go over, so I'm sure you feel confident in this pick, but Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cowboys. Uh, both teams looked solid in week one. Who do you have in this one?
7: Well, the Chargers outgained Washington in that game last week, 424-259, to 259, and they only won by four points. Uh, they ran the clock out in the red zone. They had a turnover yeah. in the red zone. That could have been a far – Easier victory for the Chargers than what it turned out to be. The Cowboys, meanwhile, had 451 yards of total offense last week and forced four turnovers and still lost. I don't think that bodes well for traveling out to, to L.A. to face the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers played a, a better defense last week and gained 424 yards than what they're going to face in Dallas. Uh, Dallas secondary is not good. Their best pass rusher, Demarcus Lawrence, is now out 6-8 weeks with a broke foot. Uh, Cowboys, Cowboys are probably going to score some points against the Chargers, but I, I think in a track meet, the Chargers are going to end up running away with this and win by 10 to 14 points while laying only three and a half.
2: Wow. Okay. All right. The, the final game we'll go over is your money play for the weekend. It's, uh, Ball State and Wyoming in, uh, college football. What all do you like in that game for your money
7: play? I like Ball State plus the points here playing Wyoming and Laramie, uh, Ball State is 1 and 1 on the season. They came off a beatdown last week at Penn State by 31 points as I mentioned during the Penn State game. But this Ball State team has 18 starters back from a one-loss MAC championship team last year. They have 16 super seniors. I think they're going to be able to bounce back off that game. I know they put a lot into last week. They they, they wanted to, you know, show Penn State that they could play with them. It didn't go their way at all. But traveling on the road to play a Wyoming team, that just last week played another MAC school, Northern Illinois. Now this Northern Illinois team had a season win total of four wins. They're not expected to do very much, and they outgained Wyoming by 100 yards in that game. Even though Wyoming did pull out the 50 to 43 win, so you wow. you have Wyoming playing a bottom feeder in the MAC last week on the road and squeaking out a win. Meanwhile, they come back home to face one of the best teams in the MAC Ball State, and I can get Ball State plus a full seven points. That is going to be my money play of the week: Ball State over Wyoming.
2: Love it, Link. Uh, last thing before we let you get out of here, just tell everyone how they can follow along on uh, sh- social media as we uh, lead up to kick off in uh, college football tomorrow.
7: Yeah, just give me a follow on Twitter or Facebook at the Railbird three uh, three three. Maybe about. 10 to 10.30, I'll post my college football plays uh, for that day with my season record and, and so forth. And the same thing on the NFL, about 10.30, 11 o'clock, I'll have some NFL plays up there if you want to follow along.
2: As always, appreciate the time. Look forward to catching up next Friday. Looking forward to it. That's Lane Whitman, the Railbird, joining us on the program today, our college football NFL gambling expert, going over a lot of stuff in about a 12 12- minute or so interview so appreciate him hopping on today uh that interview will be up here in just a few minutes over 95.3 the ticket on soundcloud so be sure to uh follow along there if you missed any of that interview we'll come back look at some of the big games in college football this weekend and the nfl and get set to close out a Friday edition of the setup after this Our on advice. the
0: ticket. Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next. On the ticket. Most prices still down. Hello,
4: I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB market countdown. December corn at 527 and a quarter down two and a quarter. With March corn at 534 and a quarter down two and a half. November soybeans at 1284 down 12, with January soybeans at 1293 down eleven and three-quarters. December way to seven oh eight and three-quarters down four and a quarter. With March way to seven nineteen and three-quarters, also down. Down four and a quarter. October cotton at 9332 down nine with December cotton at 9233 down eighteen. November rice 1378 up nine and a half cents. January rice 1394 and a half, up eight. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle at 122.80 down 80, December live cattle at 127.52 and a half down 105. September feeder cattle at 154.87 and a half down a dollar with October feeder cattle at 156.37 and a half down 72 and a half. October lane hogs at 85.72 and a half up 25 with December hogs at 75.05 up 60. That's your EAB Market Countdown brought to you by Pico Foods, now buying corn and Milo direct from local farmers in Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Mississippi. Farmers, harvest is here in and- pico foods wants your corn and milo if you haven't called pico foods do so today to take advantage of their always competitive prices pico foods the eighth largest poultry producer in the u.s and a fourth generation family-owned business is committed to doing business with local producers and right now they want to buy your corn and milo call today in arkansas missouri david durham or james chester 870-202-7101 in alabama and mississippi contact craig or john taylor hickman at 601-670-9383 not all soils are created equal. To a farmer, that's nothing new. Different parts of your field yield differently. Advertising shares a lot of similarities. There are more choices than ever about where to put your advertising dollars. A recent survey shows farmers rely on radio for their ag news almost five times as much as social media. To use another metaphor, farm radio is the best soil for planting those seeds of advertising. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting.
1: This is our season at Max Free Wings. But then again, they're all really our seasons. So gear up for dove hunting with our top picks. Shop game cameras from top brands like Covert, Muddy, Stealth Cam, Moultrie, and more. And check out our bows, including the Matthews V327, on sale now. If you're not a hunter, well, you still wear clothes? The casual wing at Max has a great selection of clothing, footwear, and accessories for women, men, and kids, plus tons of gifts and home decor. Shop us in-store or online at maxpw.com. Max Prairie Wings in Stuttgart, the hunt begins here. It's
6: John G. for George Kale Motors in Newport. Have you ever been to a car dealership and a salesperson chases you around like you stole something? At George Kale Motors, we won't chase you around or lie in front of your car to make you stop. But we will try to do everything we can to make you comfortable and enjoy your shopping experience. We offer great selection, great prices, and exceptional service after the sale. View our entire inventory at GeorgeKaleMotors.com or come see us at Newport. Off Highway 67, exit 85, GMC and George Kale Motors, we are a professional grade.
0: Timeouts over. And we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on The Ticket.
2: All right, that song means we're in the home stretch of a Friday, home stretch of a week of the setup here on The Ticket. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you for... Oh, I don't know. Maybe seven or eight more minutes here on the ticket. 95.3 FM, 96.9 FM, the ticket. I love our intro songs. They're yeah, amazing. They're it's amazing. pretty much my Spotify playlist. Well, shout out to Cade for that. Yeah. Little Flatland Cavalry. Can't nice. beat it. Nice. So. Uh, all right. Coming up tonight on the EAB Sports Network. Uh, You'll be able to hear a couple of high school football games. Uh, Brooklyn and Rivercrest coming up at 7 o'clock tonight, 6.30 pregame, over on 101.7 KISS FM. We're actually going to air the Hootons pregame show here on the ticket, even though there's no Jonesboro game at 6 o'clock. So be tuned in for that. Uh, And Nettleton knows Pocahontas over on Bob FM tonight as well and then tonight at uh, 9 30 you can hear Will Oswalt with the Cavanaugh Auto Group's Friday Night Light scoreboard show right here on the ticket recapping a little bit lighter week of high school football action but a week of high school football action nonetheless coming up at 9 30 tonight here on the ticket so looking Jam-packed forward to weekend. that yeah and then uh, obviously tomorrow you can catch the A-State coverage beginning with Wolfhouse at 12.30 over on 107.9 K-Fine um, and kickoff at 3.15 over in Seattle. So uh, pregame coverage from the stadium starting around 1 o'clock or so tomorrow. Uh, and then at 3.15 kickoff in that one. And then don't forget, uh, the ticket is your home for the Dallas Cowboys so you can hear the Cowboys and the Chargers out in L.A. Uh, Coming up on Sunday at 3.25 p.m. here on the ticket. So a busy weekend across the EAB Sports Network that starts tonight with some high school football. All right, it's a busy weekend in college football. Uh, A lot of fun, interesting games. Last week was kind of a, a little bit of a snooze fest in college football. Week two always is that. You get these big matchups in week one, and then everyone plays like FCS or... You know, right. ULM or somebody, you know, it's just not as fun. But we have, we do have a little bit of uh, better matchups nationally this week. Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska is at 11 a.m. I'm interested for about 10 minutes in that game. I want to watch Fox and see. I really want to watch the Fox and see what the pregame stuff is, and see the runouts, and see the pageantry, and everything they do with the game. And then right. when Oklahoma has a touchdown like two minutes into the game, I won't care anymore because it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a yeah, bloodbath. Blood so um, I'm th- interested in that one for about ten minutes tomorrow. <laughs> to think Indiana threw such a fit about it, and Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska, or, uh, threw Nebraska, this, my fault. Nebraska threw this big fit about it being 11 a.m. when. In all actuality, that's kind of where it belongs. That's sad that I got Indiana and Nebraska mixed up. That's how bad
1: Indiana's been so far. But
2: <laughs> uh, so that one's going to be interesting tomorrow. Uh, it just kind of wrote five, wrote down five games I'm really interested in tomorrow. One is Penn State and Auburn, and I felt like this for obviously going into the season, I had no indication that Auburn would just beat the ever loving daylight out of both of their first two opponents and score just a ton of points like they did like obviously you knew Auburn was going to be 2-0 and going into this game but like didn't know like how they were going to be 2-0 yeah, 60 they, to 10 and yeah 60-10 and 62-0 to 0. so right now Auburn's averaging 61 points per game which I think probably leads the country so I mean I just last year they
1: didn't look very
2: good so they did didn't so expected that Auburn's up to 22 in the country this will be their first big test on the road um Obviously, we've already seen Penn State play a big game this year. Penn State went into a crazy environment in Wisconsin week one and beat the Badgers 16-10. to Then had a dominating win over Ball State last week. So that one's interesting because it's, it's a good metric on where Auburn is at, how good they are, if they're going to contend for the SEC West. Um, so really interested to see what that game looks like. Interested in Cincinnati and Indiana, that'll probably be the 11 o'clock game that uh, I watched the closest tomorrow, frankly, because the 11 o'clock slate really isn't just great uh, outside yeah. of that. And then, I mean, you have Coastal Buffalo, Coastal should dominate, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma I'm waiting for the, the but, good 11 a.m. games to roll around. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I actually think Cincinnati, Indiana is going to be a good game. Uh, since he struggled against Murray State last weekend, I mean, it was a tie game at the half, and then they put it on Murray State in the second half of play. Obviously, Indiana got – demolished by Iowa week 1 but mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't know I think we kind of saw that you know Iowa was I was pretty good I was pretty solid yeah. I mean Iowa I was legit I mean they beat Indiana and then they go on the road and beat Iowa State by a couple of touchdowns last week so uh Iowa was pretty good so I it I'm interested to see what Indiana looks like cuz I don't think they're as bad as everyone makes them out to be but Big game for Cincinnati, one they have to win if they want to try and get into the playoff. Ole Miss-Tulane is tomorrow night. Hopefully there's no rain. Uh, excited to actually go to that game and see Fought-Hemingway Stadium at full capacity for the first time in two years. Yeah, the most interesting fun. thing about that game is the uniform battle. <laughs> Tulane's bringing out the old 19... Thir- founding SEC member Tulane, I might add, is bringing out the old 1930s, 1940s look with their helmets tomorrow. They have the sec champions patch on the back of their helmets tomorrow as well so they're going all in on this throwback look tomorrow if they uh, won in oxford if they won with those jerseys what yeah. a statement that would be greeny <laughs> greeny was their old mascot he's going to be on greeny. the helmets. interesting and they have sec champs 34 39 and 40 down on the back of their helmets meanwhile Ole Miss is going powder red white so a great uniform matchup tomorrow interesting that for that reason uh, Arizona State BYU is interesting tomorrow night both nationally ranked teams BYU obviously coming off of an upset win against Utah so interested to see what BYU does there Bama Florida is interesting because I think Florida's just going to beat the brakes off Bama I don't understand the 14 and a half point line I don't think Florida Florida couldn't get USF off the field last weekend you think they're getting Bama off the field? No uh bam going to score a lot of points and win this game by a lot tomorrow so, oh okay
1: you you said florida's going to beat the brakes off bama and you threw me off for a no second.
2: i I meant Bama's going to beat the
1: brakes <laughs> off florida because florida I, could
2: not get off the field against south florida last i was like huh? so now nah, Bama's is going to beat the brakes off florida tomorrow yeah uh, i think we all saw that coming and then i think my personal money pick and maybe it's just because i'm biased and just like every other sec fan i don't like mississippi state but Memphis plus three against State in the Liberty Bowl looks really, 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 really good.
1: No, I like that. I don't think State's very good. I don't think
2: they are either. I think Memphis is winning that game. I'm I don't think the, State can stop the run.
1: I'm on the train of not liking State either. Don't
2: worry. I think yeah. everyone in the country is, whether you're an SEC fan or not. So. Yeah. I don't think Memphis can. There. I don't think State can stop the run. I think Memphis is going to be able to run for as many yards as they want to, and Memphis can't really stop the pass either. So it's going to kind of get into a shootout. But I think I like Memphis in a shootout more than I like Mississippi State
1: yeah so. I mean you'll hear those cowbells in the Liberty Bowl that's no for you sure. won't
2: they banned they banned cowbells they did yeah Mississippi State can't take cowbells when they go on the road at all everyone bans them because it's a, not, it's I an, it's not an annoying that. obnoxious sound like, no, no way I agree that. I agree but I had no idea that happened yeah wow Memphis put out a statement like two or three days ago so I missed that well. That's good, because I hate the cowboys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so interesting weekend in college football. Uh, interesting weekend for a state. Again, as they're on the road against Washington, you can hear all the coverage tomorrow beginning at 1230 over on 1079 k Fine High school football tonight over on Bob FM and Kiss FM and the scoreboard show with Will Oswalt is right here, 930 tonight on The Ticket. That does it for us for this week. No drive today. It's a travel day on the road to Seattle. But keep it here or tune in here on Monday. 7 o'clock, it's the front row with Budge Road. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, the Workday Red Zone. 2 to 3, it's us. And then we'll have the drive returning on Monday. For Andrew, I'm Cade saying so long, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.